Welcome to the AUA University podcast. Today, we are happy to share with you this AUA Leadership and Business inaugural episode, Negotiating Skills 101, Key Steps to Becoming a Good Negotiator, where Dr. Angelo Bacala joins host Dr. Jennifer Miles Thomas as they discuss the key points to good negotiating skills that can be used in the workplace as well as personally in day-to-day life. If you like this episode, subscribe today by searching AUA Leadership and Business on your favorite podcast app. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jennifer Miles-Thomas. I'm a board-certified urologist, and I want to welcome you today to Negotiating Skills 101, Key Steps to Becoming a Good Negotiator. Today, we'll be discussing the key points to good negotiation skills that can be used in the workplace as well as personally in day-to-day life. I have the honor today to welcome, to join me in the discussion, Dr. Angelo Bacala. He is the chief of the Division of Urology at Lehigh Valley Health Network and deputy physician-in-chief for the LVHN Institute of Surgical Excellence. He received his medical degree from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in 2002 and completed his urology residency at the Cleveland Clinic and then went on to complete a fellowship in urologic oncology at the NIH National Cancer Institute. He subsequently completed his executive MBA at Drexel in 2017. He has held his current role as chief of the urology division at LVHN for the past 12 years. He is very qualified to talk to us today about this very interesting topic. So welcome. Thank you, uh, Dr. Miles Thomas. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, looking forward to our discussion today. Yes, me likewise. Um, one of the things that we really need to talk about are ju- is just communication. So why do you feel that communication skills are so important in receiving and achieving satisfaction just with negotiations? So I think that it's uh, very important. Like you said, it is the cornerstone of achieving good negotiation and making sure that everyone's on the same page. And, um, you know, there are some the skills involved with communication are really a lifelong learning process. It's not something that you just, uh, you know, you learn once and you got it forever. Um, What, you know, being able to clearly communicate your objectives and your needs, uh, being able to articulate your thoughts well enough uh, so that you can communicate that to others is paramount in achieving that, that, you know, base and then starting there so that people really understand what is it that you're after. If you're going to negotiate for something, they have to really understand your desires, your needs. And sometimes people find it difficult to communicate well those things. Um, They may kind of have an idea in their head, but it's important to take that time before you go into a negotiation to make sure it's really clear in your head. If it's not, it's not going to be clear to others. Um, And that sounds simple enough, but interestingly, a lot of people don't do that. Um, You know, they go in just or they start a negotiation without really thinking that they're into a negotiation. And that's an issue, too, because you may start the negotiation process and you realize, wait a minute, I didn't really think this whole thing through. But the opportunity just popped up. You know, you may want to reserve that opportunity until you're really ready. Um, I think the other thing about communication skills that is important is uh, setting boundaries in your asks. You know, know what you really want. Uh, Maybe you're going to ask for more. You're You're willing to accept a little less. Knowing those boundaries in there will help you be able to communicate really your needs and um, and be able to make sure that your uh, discussion is full circle uh, with whoever you're, you're speaking to. Um, the other thing is really to be an active listener um, and understand what is coming back at you. 
Um, I feel like sometimes uh, when people try to communicate, they, you know, they focus in, they channel in on what it is that they're trying to say and do, and they may be getting something back from somebody else and they're not really understanding that or listening to it. And that's a problem because you may be able to find common ground, but if you don't know how to communicate and listen well to other people, um, the whole thing is going to go awry. Um, so really understanding and listening. And I think give and take is important. You know, it's a natural part of having a discussion like we're going to talk today back and forth and discussion. It's a give and take. It's natural and it's essential to communicate well. You have to be able to do that in any capacity, whether you're negotiating for something or you're talking to a partner or you're talking to a patient, you know, whatever it is. Right. It's that back and forth. And as physicians, we do it every day with our patients and, and in their personal lives like most people do. Now that makes complete sense. I mean, we always had this saying, saying it's like the meeting before the meeting. And what it sounds like you're saying is that like the first step to communication is figuring out one, I guess, how you communicate and two, how, like what actually you want to get out of the negotiation. Because I've been in discussions where people change multiple times and I'm thinking like, you didn't prepare, you have no idea what you want, yet you want to have this conversation. And it's very frustrating. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, to be on the receiving end of it is frustrating. And, you know, imagine if you're going in to try and negotiate something you need and you know other people are hearing that from you, right? It is, you know yeah. it's not going to end well. <laughs> so, so I think, um, yeah, it, it's all very important. And I think, and like I said, those communication skills, you use it every day. Um, mm -hmm. so it's just, a, it's good to, you know, just have that uh, anyway. Oh, perfect. Well, if, if we move on, we can talk about emotional intelligence. And I know, I mean, I'm probably aging myself right now. It's been like the buzzword for the past like five to seven years. Um, and I think if you could just define it and kind of tell us why it's important, because I, I think things have kind of migrated to understand yourself. Yeah, so I, I agree. I, we hear about it a lot. It's written up, and I don't know if it's really um, kind of explained well, but I, to me, I think it, 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 the simplest way of really trying to explain it is it's really self-awareness. It really all revolves around that. Um, emotional intelligence is sort of being able to adapt on your feet, um, knowing what's going on around you, not just sort of basically being a robot and being saying, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm going to, these are my objectives. I'm going to handle this. I'm going to go in like a bulldog and just go do this, that, and the other, right? It's being aware of what's going on around you and also being aware of yourself. You know, what are the things that um, make you work, right? What are the things that matter to you? What are the things that make you feel a certain way, whether it's happy, sad, um, you know, uh, motivated, what are those things? And, and understanding that um, is really important when it comes to any type of communication with anybody you're talking to, um, because you may know that certain, certain things that someone may say to you uh, or the way that they say things might uh, make you feel a certain way, right? Whether that's happy or sad or whatnot, being prepared for that and knowing that can help you kind of before you jump off the cliff and start saying things you didn't mean and having conversations, right? You might say, okay, you know what? I know this is going to upset me, right? And I know this is going to not work well for me. We all have them. Everybody is human. We have triggers. Um, and so we're not robots, right? We all kind of feel this way. And so I think that uh, understanding what those are for you are going to help you be a better communicator. Um, you know, with the idea, along the idea of emotional intelligence, I think using positive emotions, so knowing for yourself, you know, what's important, I think realizing who you're talking to and, and trying to get an idea of their emotional intelligence is really important. 
um, using positive emotions will help increase feelings of trust with people. And, um, you know, if you uh, kind of come at things negatively, whether you're talking about um, something that's affecting you, um, it, it turns a discussion, right? It's, and they're going to also kind of, and they may not feel the same way about certain topics. And so I think trying to stick with what you know you're positive about and, and using those emotions in your discussions, um, people can pick it up, whether it's uh, through the, your inflection in your voice, through it's your hand movements, or you know, look on your face when you're talking about stuff. People can pick up that. And I think that goes a long way also in uh, your ability to negotiate well because you're being positive. Um, you know, if someone, if someone's, uh, if you're negotiating a salary, um, you know, instead of saying, well, you know, the reason I want more money is because my work sucks and I hate it. And, you know, you know that's not going <laughs> to, not going to help. Right. You want to be like, Hey, you know, this is a positive thing for me. I, I think I deserve more because I do X, Y, and Z. And this work is challenging. You know, those words, positive emotions and positive words is challenging and things like this and not just, Oh, it's hard. It's difficult. You know, um, things like that, I think are important. Um, and then, again, the idea of, of situational awareness, you know, I kind of touched on this before, but knowing what's going on around you, who you're talking to, um, you know, if you look at the expressions on people's face, you need to be keen to that when you're talking to them. If you start noticing that they're, you know, they're starting to close up their arms and they're not really giving you the, the love you thought you were going to get when you're talking to them, uh, you need to pick up on that. What, they're, what, are, they, what are they implying? Uh, listening well. Uh, goes along with emotional intelligence because if you're a good listener, a lot of people have better emotional intelligence because they're listening to what's going on aware and are aware of that um, situation and they can adapt on their feet and uh, maybe you know make sure they can kind of smooth things out so that the conversation continues to be positive. It really, you know, at the end of the day, what it does is it, it's a big advantage uh, for whoever has good emotional intelligence. It gives them a great advantage in negotiation and in any other type of communication. And, and that's the long answer to why I think it's important <laughs> to, to your initial question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how would you recommend that people try to improve? Because, I mean, we all know people who have very poor emotional intelligence, right? They, they don't even see. They have the blinders on. Um, you gave great tips of, like, in the situation, how to read what's going on. Is there any way for someone to practice or should they talk to someone and have someone kind of give them a review of how they handle, like, how would you recommend people grow yeah. in this aspect? Yeah, I think role play is phenomenal for this. Um, and there's also some things you can do to even um, learn about your own emotional intelligence, like what what sets you off, what doesn't. There's stand, there's testings, there's tests that you can take. You can actually get them over the internet. Um, you type in you know, an EI test, it'll pop up. Um, you can take them. We did those in my, uh, when I got my MBA, they, they were really focused on that. Part of the negotiation discussion was learning emotional intelligence and why it was so important. And so you learn about yourself and that's important, right? I mean, everybody should know that. And we think, well, of course I know myself, it's me, you know, but sometimes you don't, like you don't realize, wow, you know what, when these questions were posed to me, it did bring out a, a different sense of a different feeling. And sometimes it just happens to you and you don't know why you're upset, right? Um, or, or happy or whichever the case might be. Um, and so learning those things, um, those tests really kind of classify you and they're not perfect, but they kind of give you an idea as to where you stand. Um, but then in terms of the situational awareness, yes, I totally think that um, the idea that you mentioned about role playing is fantastic. Um, it does help a lot. It helps you um, be able to kind of get feedback from others. 
Um, you know, we do um, within our practice uh, and in our network, we do these 360 reviews. I'm sure everyone you know, has heard this before and, and probably does it themselves too. And that's really the whole idea, right, is to get feedback about how you are as a leader, as you are as a boss, how you are as, you know, however. Um, and um, it's always valuable. And I think this is sort of another way, if you're going to get 360 feedback on your emotional intelligence and how you adjust situationally, uh, the only other people who can do that are other people, right? So doing that with others, I think, is, is a great idea. Yeah, I think, I think you brought up a great point, too, because, I mean, this entire conversation is more of like leading and guiding a conversation or negotiation by influence versus just positional authority. And I think a lot of our world, I mean, we are the surgeons, we are the doctor, and we just say where it goes. But in a negotiation, now there's the back and forth, and you have to learn how to read and influence um, to, to not win the negotiation. I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about it in a, in a few minutes, just about how to how to get through it and so that both parties come out happy or, or satisfied. So how would you suggest that someone could best prepare for negotiation? Yeah, I think there's a couple things you can do. And, and I think, you know, just your last point that you just made, just kind of hitting off of that, I think is a great one. You're absolutely right. We are very much in the mode of, you know, being the surgeon in the room. It's our room. We run it. This is everyone's there to, you know, follow your lead. And that's part of what you do as a surgeon. And we're all are involved in that. But like you said, a negotiation is very different, right? There's two people, there's two parties, you're asking for something. Um, and even if you're being asked for something, uh, you know, you need to be able to negotiate well uh, with someone who's asking you um, as if you're, if you're their boss or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's important because it's not just about running the show. It's about, you know, talking with others. Um, and so, you know, I think in, in terms of your question about how to prepare you know, it's very important, um, I think, to go into knowing, um, spend some time, you know, thinking about your audience, who it is that you're speaking to, and where are they coming from, right? Um, extremely important. Um, uh, if, you know, what, what are the goals? What are their goals in this conversation? Um, if they are upper management, if they are administrators of hospitals, what do they care about, right? Because if you speak to those things, they're going to perk up and they're going to listen. Um, there needs to be sort of a development of a zone of possible agreement, right? So this is kind of like a bargaining zone. It's a common ground area. This is the this is your playground. This is where everybody's happy because it's a bargaining area. It's what you all agree on, whether it's uh, innovation, or if it's uh, certain goals of the of your hospital or your network that now are very big, and you get everybody gets these. Uh, you know, I'm talking about negotiation again, and kind of keeping in mind, uh, you know, looking for something in your hospital or in your uh, in your department. But this obviously could be used anywhere. But in thinking about it that way, if you're thinking about your network or your or your organization, you know, we get emails all the time about, well, you know, our new initiative is this, our new initiative is that. You know. Spend time reading those. Really understand where is this organization going? What's the culture of this organization? How do they typically respond to different things? Knowing that is going to help you be able to work well wherever you are, right? Um, and so, and that's the whole point of it is you got to work well where you are in order to achieve success there, right? So, um, so understanding that and being able to use that to help you with a bargaining zone, writing all this down for yourself and thinking about it before you go into that negotiation is very important. And then, you know, people talk about a positive zone and a negative zone. So these are sort of overlapping um, areas versus non-overlapping areas. So a positive zone is, okay, we are both in agreement that 
you know, if I'm coming to you for something specific, uh, whether it's a salary increase or if it's certain equipment or whatever it is that you need, we are both in agreement <clears throat> that quality is important, you know, um, uh, volume is important, let's say. I'm just throwing things out there in a proposed agreement but or negotiation. But if these are the things that are important to us, I'm going to try to achieve this with this ask, right? So if you want these things, which we all think you do and I want them too, then let's play in this area and that's a positive zone for us, right? So we're going to now work in this area and how are we going to achieve it? And this is why I think what I'm asking for is going to help in those areas. But there also can be negative zones and that's okay. So these are not overlapping terms, right? Things that maybe are important to me, but not necessarily important to you. But that's where emotional intelligence is important, understanding that people, you can communicate why this is important to you. And what might be important to you is that I'm a valuable employee, but I want you to know that as a valuable employee, these are the things that come with me, right? So if it's your schedule, if it's you know your family time and things like this that are very important to you and say, I need some help with this because you want me to be here, I'm a good employee, but you know, uh, and again, I'm just throwing out some examples, but these are things that are important to me personally, and maybe they don't overlap with you as an organization because they're not, you know, they, you say you're important to you, obviously, because you're important to your employees, but they're not personally important to the person you're speaking to because it's your own personal needs. And there can be other things that are non-personal, but, um, but those, so, so understanding what those are and knowing when you're entering into a positive zone and when you're entering into a negative zone, it will change your discussion a little bit. I think the other thing is, is that we all heard of BANTA, right? Best alternative to, to a negotiated agreement. This means that if you ultimately wind up after the final discussion in a negative zone, how do you resolve your dispute, right? So if the whole thing sort of boils down into an area where it's like, well, you know what? I don't agree. This is what you want. This is what I want. And there are two totally separate things. And we don't, we're not going to come to terms here. Okay. What's our best alternative, right? So is it that, and the best alternative might be keep things just the way they are. Right. Sometimes we know some we will go into a negotiation and next thing you know, you wound up with more work than you expected. <laughs> it may not be what you kind of wanted. And you're like, well, that didn't go how I wanted it to go, you know, and that's OK. And then you can say, OK, well, we can agree that maybe we just leave things the way they are for now. Table this discussion. Maybe things are going to change uh, depending on what it is that you're negotiating. Maybe the, the circumstances around it will change in six months or a year or something. We'll have it again. And that's OK. Um, and I think also having a backup plan, which really kind of works into the idea of a banta, it avoids leaving empty handed, right? Um, none of us like to do that and feel like it was a complete loss for us. So, and neither does the party you're speaking to, right? They don't want to feel that way either. So I think thinking of a backup plan for yourself, as well as for your other party that you're discussing is very important. I think it can, uh, it, it'll make you feel better. makes everybody feel better at the end of the discussion. And I think sometimes I've, I've found that too, that a backup plan can just be, let's table it and let's come back later um, with fresh minds, fresh ideas and have the discussion again. And that still can be a win that there's still a conversation that could be had. Yeah, absolutely. Or even, you know, bringing other people into the conversation, you know, that you think may help your calls and, and have similar feelings about things. You may have had those discussions. You say, you know what, I, why don't we, why don't we try to see if I can get more support for this and we'll talk about it later. So yeah, I think all those are very helpful and can be successful. Okay. Well, what do you think the best ways are to make it beneficial, to make the negotiation beneficial for everyone? Yeah, I think creating value um, 
for everyone is probably one of the most powerful tools in negotiating, right? So um, it's really about um, making sure that everybody's growing at the end of this. And this is kind of what you alluded to before, you know, you said we were going to talk about this. And I think, you know, it's not, it's never about getting a larger piece of the pie. It's about growing the pie. And when, if you, even you keep your same percentage of that pie, you're getting more because the pie is growing, right? So I think, um, you know, by bringing that to the table, you're growing value. If you can show your administration that you're getting value for everyone involved, and it's also helping you, but it's helping others, that's important, right? So some of the goals maybe that might be associated with a bonus or something that you're looking for, a salary increase, those goals are going to help everybody. They're going to make things better for everyone, including the organization that you're discussing. Um, you know, I, it, it does a couple of other things too. I think that it helps build trust because now you're discussing these things. You're not just, it's not about me, me, me. It's about the organization. It's about my employees. It's about people that work with me. Um, and, you know, it, it, that's showing that you're thoughtful. Um, it shows leadership and I think it shows, uh, it, it builds trust. And it, what it does too is it opens up future discussions now. They know that, okay, this is the way that, you know, Dr. Miles Thomas is going to come to me and ask for things. And I like that. Like I, you know, so I'm going to listen. I'm not going to write it off next time. She did a great job, you know, reviewing things with me. I want to, I want to have these discussions with her because it may prove valuable to me, right? She's going to create value for me. That's great. You know, how many times do people come and talk to us and they're just, they want something from us, right? So it's like, well, all right, you know, well, if I know that every time this employee comes to me and asks me for something, he's actually great, he or she is actually, you know, bringing value to the table and making things better for me. Um, that's going to build uh, on future um, on future discussions because you're re realizing greater value for both parties. Definitely. Well, um, one of the questions I, I really just wanted to talk about was, You've given some great strategies, just literally how to how we can implement things immediately. And I don't think a lot of us um, as urologists get the training. I think definitely on the business end, people do, but more and more we'll look to as the leaders. So this is this is really, really helpful. So what are some other key points? If you're going to go into negotiation, you, you want to have a strategy. You've kind of established that. You want to think about it beforehand. So what are the key points we should come into the room with? when we're thinking about and we're starting a negotiation? Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, one of the important things is defining your role, right? So what what are you currently doing now? Um, making sure you're comfortable with that and, and knowing what your starting point is, right? In, in the organization and wherever it is that you're discussing. Um, and again, you know, negotiation can happen when you're at the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, farmer's market, you know, and you want to, you want to try to do it. In fact, I remember when I was in business school, ironically, they used to say this, like one of the homework assignments they gave us was, I want you to have five negotiations this weekend. I don't care where it is, you know, and, and you had to come back, you know, and tell them the next weekend when we met again for our MBA class, these were the five, right? So I went here, I talked to this person about negotiating for my, you know, my zucchini that I was going to pick up at the farmer's market, you know, try to talk them down a price. And, it, because it's really it's about it's about practicing you know so i think defining your role as a consumer as a partner as a um you know employee of a network as a boss whatever it is that you're coming in knowing before you go into a negotiation what is your role uh, and what are you bringing to the table 
And that, and what I mean by that is, what is your value, right, in that negotiation? So, what are you bringing? What, why are you valuable in this negotiation? Um, because you know that is probably one of the most important things you can do. Because if you have that value going in, and people understand it, you can communicate it well. They're going to be able to want to work with you. Uh, sometimes people don't understand your value; they don't know it, and you want to make sure that they do. Um, the other thing is other other understanding the other side's vantage point, right? So really spending some time, like we talked about before, what are the goals of that person? What is the goals of that network? If you get emails, if you've had other discussions, or you may talk to other people who know that person, let's say it's on a personal level, you know, tell me about them. Like what are their, what motivates them? What are their goals? What are the things that they listen to? What do they like to hear, you know? Um, so understanding the other side's vantage point and where they're coming from. And I think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, checking in with yourself. And what I mean by that is as you're going through the discussion, make sure you stay grounded. I think it's sometimes it's easy to get frustrated in a negotiation. Uh, I know that a lot of times, I think as physicians, especially um, when we talk to administration, sometimes administration is not physician oriented or not physician run. Um, yeah, I, I see you smiling because I think that you, you, we all know it. We see it sometimes, right? And uh, that was one of the reasons I got an MBA because I felt like I wanted to try to bridge that gap. And I think we need, you know, a lot of more physicians in, in these positions. Our hospital is is actually run by a physician, which is very helpful. Um, but it's not always that way, right? So uh, I think that it can get it can get um, sometimes argumentative. People don't think they're, they're understood. So check in with yourself. Stay well grounded. You know, understand that there's opportunity potentially for you to. Um, to move forward and, and you ultimately you're going to stay on a successful path in your negotiation. Sometimes we also lose ourselves. You know, we start off with this is what I want. And then during the conversation, other things start coming up and we start talking about other ideas and things that we want and add it in. And then it becomes this big jumbled mess, you know, stay on your path, know what you want. Um, I think those are kind of some of the big, uh, you know, strategies that one can go into when getting ready to have a negotiation. Yeah, and I really appreciate. It. I mean, you really focus too on emotional intelligence and reevaluating the situation as things change. And I think that's really helpful for people to constantly monitor themselves and and the position and the value that they bring. And I think that's one of the things too that a lot of times we don't we don't um, I guess communicate as well truly our value at that table. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think you know we sort of uh, a lot of times, unfortunately, we take ourselves for granted. You know, we, we do bring a lot to the table and no matter what capacity you're coming in at and, um, you know, making sure people know is important. And I think the other, the other things I would add to is, you know, in addition, I kind of mentioned this before about practicing daily. You know, it's important to do that um, because these skills, like I said, it's a lifelong thing. It's not just a matter of doing it once and learning about it um, and saying, OK, you know, I got it now. I'm good. You know, obviously it's something you need to keep practicing and, and check out resources. You know, there's books, there's courses on just this. You don't need to get a full MBA to get negotiating skills. Uh, you can go to classes that are just on this. There's books on it. There's internet sites that will let you do things. We mentioned the uh, emotional intelligence work, getting that through websites and things and taking tests. All those types of things are all kind of interrelated on there. And I think it's uh, it behooves all of us to kind of be continuous learners in this regard. I agree. And I think, too, that just going into the, the conversation, not as a conflict, but more as a negotiation, because I think some of us are more conflict averse than others. But just putting a positive spin on things really kind of settles it down for a lot of people and the anxiety won't be there. So I think that's a great recommendation. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, definitely. Well, thank you very much for today. This has been really, really enlightening and very, very helpful and likely for many other people. So a big thank you to Dr. Bacala and our audience for joining us today. To listen to additional podcast episodes focused on leadership and business topics, please visit the AUA Inside Track podcast at auanet.org forward slash podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this inaugural AUA Leadership and Business Podcast episode. Subscribe today by searching AUA Leadership and Business on your favorite podcast app.